We are now joined on the line by Congressman Glenn Grothman. Congressman, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Glad to be on the show. We're live from the cloakroom in Washington, D.C. So, uh, Okay, Glenn, let me just ask you a question. I, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, it surprised me. I didn't see this coming. I knew there were some people going to vote against Kevin, but I never dreamed we'd have 20 people voting against him and one voting present so that he'd lose 21 votes. Uh, through the first four or five series of votes. Um, The the interesting thing is that they will publicly say it's not about Kevin personally. They just want him to agree to something, presumably something that lessens his power and raises the power of everybody else. But they can't articulate exactly what that is. You would assume, given we knew this day was coming for months, that they would at least be able to articulate what it would take to get their vote, but they are not able to do that. But what is um, I am the... told... Okay, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I am told by people close to them, or they themselves, that of the 21 people who are not voting for Kevin, you can divide them into two groups. One group is a group that genuinely does not like Kevin. They won't say it publicly, they just don't like him. And the other much larger group believes we have to change the rules that Congress operates under, and then they would vote for Kevin. Though they haven't been able to articulate exactly how we should change the rules. Congressman, what is the end game? I mean, it's now been five ballots. There looks like they're going to start a sixth one relatively soon. I mean, what? How, how, does, how does this end, and when does it end? It's a really good question. Uh, I would have thought by now some people would peel off and say we made their point, but I am told by somebody who's been in the room with the other 20 people that they're actually digging in harder, that we had a meeting yesterday, that some things have been said, that people are taking personal or whatever, and actually the, uh, the 21 who aren't voting for Kevin are becoming less, maybe we can cut a deal to more, I'm not going to vote for Kevin at all. Which would kind of be surprising because Kevin's been the minority leader here for four years. He's run two campaign cycles, both of which we gained seats. I mean, I I have been critical as far as how those campaigns have been run, and I do think the Republicans should have used issues other than just economic issues. But uh, like it or not, he was here when we got the majority. He's been in charge for four years, and it's therefore kind of surprising that he wouldn't get the traditional reward for winning the majority, which is being the speaker. And I, I would also point out they really don't have an alternative. You will recall that when John Boehner stepped down and Paul Ryan became speaker, he didn't want to become a speaker. They had to spend about three weeks begging him to be speaker. It's a very time-consuming job. You're running around the country, raising money, recruiting candidates. Most people would not want to be speaker if it was given to them. So uh, there's really not an obvious fallback position either. Uh, Congressman, you are you are one of the 201 people, and you are anything but like a rhino. I, I'm getting some text from people. Oh, it, it, it's, it's a rhino is walking lockstep in support of McCarthy. You you are anything but that. You are one of the 201 people no. who support it. No, I, I, right, I, I've been very critical about the Republican Party in this last race. I, I think they focused too much on inflation and should have talked about more of the, say, freedom-oriented issues. Uh, 
there are, I've talked to two people that uh, were ready to vote against Kevin. Kevin gave them all they wanted. Uh, and they feel that, you know, when they began to negotiate with Kevin four, four months ago, knowing this day would come, Kevin basically gave them all they wanted. They can't think of a reason to vote against Kevin. Mm-hmm. I talked about another conservative who would be one of the first people you'd say would vote no. One of the people who voted no the first days of a period of years here. He said he'd vote against Kevin if he could think of a reason. He can't think of a reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and like I said, if when the reporters are able to grab one of these 20 people and say, what would it take for you to vote for Kevin? They cannot answer that question, which is kind of unusual. They realize they have a lot of leverage because we have a slim majority. They're exercising that leverage, but they don't to this day know to what end. Congressman, how do as one of the, the 201 people supporting Kevin McCarthy, how do you and the other 200 people on your side feel about essentially being kind of held hostage by this this small group of people who refuses to do what has historically always been done? Once the caucus decides who the candidate is, you come out, you show unanimity. Well, there's some people who are very mad at him and, you know, the anger is going to go on, I'm sure, for years. I'm not quite as mad as the others because I am conservative. I socialize with some of these people, uh, you know, I'm, uh, but obviously they're slowing down the train. Um, we thought we'd be off and next week holding hearings on Hunter Biden, holding hearings on the border. Obviously all of this stuff has got to be delayed, which is frustrating. I'm sure on a personal level, it's got to be very frustrating for Kevin McCarthy. You know, he's been working 80 hour weeks for four years building to this day. And now he's getting not, not getting the speakership, which he thinks he's, which he is, which he has earned. Uh, but um, we'll see what happens. I mean, the same thing has happened on a state level a couple times. And I always kind of compare it to a state level where, where people did the work and didn't get the reward. Uh, but right now, Kevin plans on continuing to taking votes. Uh, there is a danger that some people will feel that to start, we'll have to get Democrat votes to get to 218. I think that'd be a big mistake, but there are more moderate, I'll even say big government Republicans who wouldn't have a problem having Democrats in key positions and kind of have a... uh, Like a shared government. A shared government, exactly. There were rumors yesterday that one of the committees that I'm on that they may appoint a Democrat to be the chairman of that committee as part of a shared government. And, uh, you know, obviously it'd be very disappointing. A lot of things we want to get done wouldn't get done. I wish these 20 folks, and I I talk to them, it's like I know them, I wish they'd sit down and say, this is what we want. But they really have not in their own mind made things up. I ran into one of them last night walking around the Capitol and he was thrilled about something they might ask for. Well, I mean, come on, man. You know, we've already gone through three ballots. We've known this day would come for months. Now you're trying to persuade your colleagues in the 20 of something to ask for. Congressman, but, uh, big, it, let me just say, big picture, what 
What does this say moving forward? At some point in time, there is going to be a Speaker of the House. But what what does this say about the next two years? And I know you went to Congress to get stuff done. Oh. Is is this going to happen? Is, is this going to be what what's going to happen every time an issue comes up? Well, that's the concern because there's a situation now in which at any time five people can hold up the train. Five people can be on Fox News saying, you know, this is why I I can't get things done. And uh, comparing it to Madison, whereas I didn't feel it when I was there, but now I'd say it's a well-oiled machine. There people realized the Republican Party had to come together and get stuff done. And maybe they argue behind closed doors for a day or an hour, and then they'd come out and decide what the position was here. Here you have 20 people who do not have that sense at all, you know, and that's that's a problem. Uh, um, but I, I, I still feel um, that if they sit down, it might take them a week. If they sit down and say, we want A, B, and C, that that's going to get done. Now, the concern is you do have some more big government Republicans who are going to say, we don't want to go down on that path. We're perfectly happy working with, with a shared governance. And I think when people vote for me up here, they're, vote, they're voting Republican and they expect to, to be contributing to a Republican majority. You know, people didn't vote for Brian Stile or Scott Fitzgerald uh, to wind up with, right. you know, these $1.7 billion bills. Well, con- some people would be perfectly happy with that. Congressman, just one final question. Then I'm I, I'm watching that I've got CNN on and they're, the, they're, they're getting ready to do what I guess would be the sixth vote and Kevin McCarthy's being nominated again. There's nothing going on. I mean, there's nothing to suggest that what's happened on the first five votes is going to be anything different, at least right now, right? It's going to be probably the same thing we've seen on the first five votes, at least at this point in time. Right. And and I'll tell you, so far things have gone the wrong direction because they started out at 19, then they went to 20, and today one gal decided to vote present. So right now, it's not time is getting them closer together. Time is dragging them apart. I was sitting next to here, who was one of the 20. Uh, If what he tells me is true, they are digging in. Okay, they are becoming more personally angry at Kevin. And he is going to find it harder to get them to vote for him today than he would have 48 hours, which is kind of a bad sign for this. Uh, But like I said, I, I know some of these guys and gals, and I'm just going to encourage them. You guys got to get together and say, here are four or five things we want so we know what to negotiate off of. Because right now when the press corners these people, they do not have a a position that would cause them to vote for Kevin or somebody else for that matter. Mm-hmm. If there was somebody else, Look, one final Congress a question, Congressman, because I know they're going to call the vote soon. What? Wh- how long does this go on today? So let's assume you have another vote that the numbers are are pretty much the, the same. I mean, how, how many more ballots do we have today? What? What? What is the? If we don't know the end game, what's the next step? Well, I, I would assume that Kevin would call it off after one more. Uh, he would see the writing on the wall, and. I guess what I do of him is I give these 20 people a little time to breathe, meet with each other. So you decide if you do have a position and then work off of that. Because like I said, right now, 
they don't really have a position. It's not when they say, you know, can we set up a new committee or um, right. can we promise you a vote on this or that or or that sort of thing. They they will not even be able to tell you why specifically they are voting against Kevin. So, and that's hard to believe, but that's just true. Congressman Grothman, uh, good luck. Thanks for joining us from the floor, from the cloakroom, and uh, good good luck. I guess this is going to end someday. We just don't know quite when that day is going to come. Right. Exactly, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Congressman Glenn Grothman, who's right in the middle of this circus.